0: Seeing the righteous forsaken, begging for bread and left to suffer. Our hands and worship him this evening he's worthy to be praised he's worthy to receive our glory our worship tonight we crown you with praise tonight oh God we crown you Lord Jesus we throw our crowns at your feet Lord Jesus they may we worship you in spirit and in truth oh God that we may throw our lives down father forgetting what's behind Lord Jesus looking forward to what's ahead oh God knowing that you have brought us Lord Jesus you have called us oh God you have drawn us Lord by name, Father, by the blood of the Lamb that was shed on Calvary, from my sin, from our sins, oh God. We're so thankful tonight for your grace, Lord. We're thankful for your mercy, Lord. We're thankful for your love, oh God. hoffman if you'd come and open the service and a word of prayer we have a prayer request for brooklyn kirk patrick from missouri she's been having trouble with her vision headaches and fainting the family has taken her to the hospital for testing but is asking for prayer for healing also sister rena Witt uh, has written in she needs prayer she's gotten covid sister tracy revis has written in a prayer request that she has a client requesting prayer for her brother robert who underwent extensive surgery for oral cancer That has returned. So praying for healing and for salvation, Amen. Brother Darren, if you could come open the service in order of prayer. If you have a need, let it be known by an uplifted hand. Lord is here, Amen.
1: Heavenly Father, once again we are so thankful lord jesus to come into your courts tonight father For lord your word says that you dwell in the midst of the praises of your people lord and father we want to invite you tonight lord jesus so we're starting off with worship and praise to you father because you are truly worthy of it lord jesus we couldn't number all the things that you've done for us lord god in our short little lives father all the blessings all the times you've watched over us the times you've kept us times you prevented us from being hurt being killed Lord God your hand has ever been upon us Lord Jesus and how we are such a blessed people to know that there is a God who stands with us a God that is in us leading us through this life dear God as we see the moral decay throughout the land but father there's a bride that is rising up dear God from all of the ashes Lord God in this world From all the despair, Lord Jesus, you've given us joy, Lord. And all the worries and all the fears, dear God, you've given us strength, dear God, to persevere, Lord Jesus. No matter what the devil throws at us, Father, you've made us more than conquerors, Lord. Lord, no weapon formed against us, Father, is gonna prosper against your little bride. You've ordained us to stand in this day, dear God. You've ordained us to be victorious, dear God. Nothing can withstand us. You've made us invincible, dear God, through your word, Lord and we take your word, Father God, and tonight we're walking in it, Lord. We want to remember these prayer requests, Lord, these ones for healing, Lord, including our sister, Rena, these ones, dear God, that need a touch in their body, Lord. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll minister healing virtue to them. For by your stripes, Lord, your words, they're already healed. That you're the Lord God that heals all of our diseases, Father. Lord, you've made the confession, Lord Jesus. You've spoken your word, you can't take it back. You're the one that's responsible, Lord Jesus, for fulfilling it. And Lord Jesus, we accept it, Lord. You said in of the mouth of two or three witnesses. You've put in your word, Lord, as witnesses in your word, dear God, that your word is true, that healing is ours, Father. We claim it, every one of them, in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord God, we pray that you will be with our brother Tom, dear God, is beheading heading to Boston for the weekend of meetings. Lord, we pray that you'll give him such wisdom, Lord. Give him words to speak, dear God, to minister the lives over there, Father. And Lord Jesus, for the service tonight through our brother John, Lord, we're looking forward, dear God, as you've, Lord, as you've taken, you've taken your servant aside, dear God, to place a word upon his heart, Lord, and I say that word's for me tonight. Lord, you gave me a word on Sunday that was for me. Lord I claim that words for me tonight Lord God I claim it with my brothers and sisters that that word tonight fathers it goes over this pulpit Lord, it's not just going to our ears, dear God, but it's gonna lodge deep within our hearts, Lord. It's gonna transform our lives, Father God. It's gonna strengthen the inner man, dear God. That we're we're gonna go walk out of, these, out of this sanctuary tonight, Father. A different people, Lord. Not just confession, Lord, but there's gonna be a transformation by the renewing of our minds tonight, Father, as we're washed by the washing of the water by the word. So Lord God, we pray that you take our brother Jean out of the way. And Lord, even more importantly, Father, I say, take us out of the way, the hearers of your word, that we can receive all the benefits, Father, that you have for us tonight, Lord. So, Father, we wait upon you as we worship. We pray, dear God, you'll anoint our brother Dan as he leads us tonight. Anoint the musicians, Lord. We just want our hearts prepared, Father. We don't come here in vain, dear God. We don't come here as tradition or a ceremony like the world does. They want to put in their time to make themselves feel good. But Lord Jesus, we're here to meet with you in a personal level, Father, for you to speak to our hearts, Lord, and change us from glory to glory. So Lord, we wait upon you, committing all things into your hands in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Amen. We have your seats. Thankful for this sweet atmosphere that we have here. We don't want to interrupt you just sing that little song, Let the Worshipers Arise. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand and I want to be standing on your side holding your hand so let your kingdom come, let is my prayer, this is my plea, let the worshipers rise, let the sons and the daughters say, I'm surrendered. tonight amen he is lord he is lord he has risen from the dead he is lord all hail Emmanuel all hail
2: In our midst tonight, where two or three are gathering in my name, I'll be in the midst of scripture. Says, How many believe that to be true tonight? That means that the Lord Jesus Christ Himself is present tonight. And where Jesus is, there's life, where Jesus is, there's miracles, where Jesus is, there's deliverance, where Jesus is, there's healing, where Jesus is, there's forgiveness of sins, where Jesus is, all things are possible. How many have a need tonight? How many believe that the Lord has a word for you tonight? As Brother Darren prayed, I so appreciate it. I say, Lord, on Sunday, I receive a word from you. And tonight, I believe that there's a word for me. That's our attitude when we come to the house of God. Lord, speak to my heart. And I want to sit in the back there. I come to church with a desire, with a need, and I keep it before the Lord throughout the service. And I say, Lord, your word is a discerner of thoughts and intents of my hearts. Let your word address the needs that I have in my heart. And I will not be satisfied if the service goes until the end and you've not spoken to me regarding my needs. That should be your attitude tonight. And say, Lord, I'm going to hold this before you tonight. Make sure you, you touch this tonight. Address this area of my life. Speak to me about this. I have this request, Lord. I have this question, Lord. How many will do it tonight? Before we go into the Word and before we read our Bibles, just, there's a quote that I'd like to share with you, if the brothers can put that up for me. For the past four weeks, I've not been able to escape this quote. It just keeps coming back over and over again. And, and this man be, I you know what that's like. Where the, the Lord seemed to be, you know, zeroing in on a particular scriptural quote. I'd like to read that to you before we go into the Word. The Bible says this, And when I was coming over, I was thinking of the infallibility of God's spoken Word. It's just perfect and if we could only in this audience you if this audience tonight if clover the Bible way tonight could only get settled in their mind who said this what this really is this spoken word would not need any healing service We will not need any salvation altar call it will be finished if you just realized what the word was. And I says now let's look at it. So tonight we're gonna look at this. We're gonna look at what this word is, who said this word, and what this word is, this spoken word. And if by the preaching of the word, it can be settled in your mind, what the word is, and who spoke these words. We can leave this service tonight, without an altar call, without a healing service, but everybody will go back home healed, Anybody who's bound will go back home delivered? Yeah. Anybody who has a need will find an answer to the need if you can only settle in your mind what this word is. Yeah. I don't speak presumptuously when I say that I believe I received the word of the Lord for tonight. And this is what God wants me to speak on tonight. And if I can only get you to see this word, if I can only help your faith tonight to see what the prophet of God is saying here, this will be a special night for you. How many believe that? Let's take our Bibles. Let's open in the book of Second Corinthians, chapter one. Thank you, musician. Second Corinthians, chapter one, beginning in verse 18. But as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. For all the promises of God, in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Let's also turn in the book of Revelation chapter 3, very familiar scripture. Verse 14, Revelation 3, 14, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Amen. You may be seated. Let us just bow our heads for a word of prayer as we approach the word. Heavenly Father, we exalt thee tonight, Lord. And you have exalted thy word above all things, Lord. We've come to be fed. We've come to speak your word. We've come to believe your word and to receive your word. I pray that the Holy Spirit will anoint your word to our hearts. And may the things that we read come to pass. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to take for a title tonight. I won't be long. Amen, so be it. That's my title tonight. Amen. So be it. Now, Brother Barnum says in the scripture that we read in Revelation chapter 3, it's Jesus addressing himself to little, the senior church age. And if you read from chapter 2 to chapter 3, the message to the seven church ages, to every church age, when Jesus speaks to John, he says, Write these things, and he addresses himself or he introduces himself or a characteristics of himself. To that church age. To the Ephesian church, he says, He that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. So that's how he introduced himself to that church age. To Smyrna, he says, The first and the last, which was dead and which is alive. To Pergamus, he says, He which had the sharp sword with the edges. To Tyra, it he says, This thing saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. To Sardis, he says, he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. To Philadelphia, he introduced himself, he says, this thing saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Now we come to the Senior Church, as in verse 14, when he introduced himself to John and says, write these things. These things saith the Amen. Now, he introduced himself differently than he did in the previous church ages. To, Laodicean, to the Laodicean church age, his introduction, he says, I am the amen. I am the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Brother ben says this like this, My, isn't that the most wonderful description of the attributes of our lovely Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? These words just make me want to shout. He says, they bring such a spirit of reality into my heart, just reading them without even waiting for a thorough revelation of the Spirit upon them, it thrills me. Jesus is giving us a description of himself in relation to the last age. Now, that's an important statement. This description throughout the seven churches, each description was in relation to that specific church age. But to the Laodicean church age, the description that Jesus chose for this church age, he says, I am the amen. And Mano continues and says, the days of grace are winding up. He has looked from the first century right through to the 20th and told us all things concerning these ages. Before he reveals the characteristics of the last age to us, he gives us one final look at his own gracious and supreme deity. This is the capstone revelation of himself. And we know the capstone comes in the end time. The capstone is a final element to, 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 uh, that comes upon the statue the of a perfect man. So what he's saying here is that the capstone revelation is a revelation of the amen. It's the final revelation. And God introduced himself to the senior churches as being the one who is the amen. Amen. Let's carry on. Thus saith the amen. Brother John says, Jesus is the amen of God. My, I love that. Jesus is the amen of God. Jesus is the be of God. Amen stands for finality. It stands for approval. It stands for prevailing promise. It stands for unchanging promise. It stands for the seal of God. Amen. The capstone revelation of Jesus Christ in the the church ages. I am the Amen. Yeah. I am the Word. I am the so be it of God. Yeah. In other words, I am the one who makes these things to come to pass. Amen. Jesus is that Word which is the Amen of God. Amen. When God speaks something, what He speaks is Jesus. As we sing, I speak Jesus. What is the message? Jesus. What is the message? The Amen. Amen. It's the capsule revelation of Jesus Christ in His last days. God is letting us know to this Laodicean church, I am the Amen. Amen. I am the so be it and whatever I say is final. And I stand for prevailing promise. So all my promises are yea and amen. Amen. Everything that I've declared from the first church age to the last church age is final. I will not alter the words that came out of my mouth. The scripture says, my covenant with you will I keep. There's nothing in the word of God that God is going to alter based on circumstances in Laodicea. There's nothing in his word that is going to take away or change or alter because of the realities of this age. He swore by himself, because he is the Amen of God. And he's come to John to let you know, tell those people in Laodicea, especially the messenger of that age, I am the Amen. And I've come to fulfill my word pertaining to this age. And whatever I say is final. Amen. Now like he continues, and, and this is from the church age book, in the Laodicean church age. He continues and connects the scripture Revelation 314, to Isaiah 65, that says that he who bless himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he that swerve in the earth shall swear by the God of truth, because the former troubles are forgotten, and because they are hid from mine eyes. Now it says the word truth here, and you look in the Bible, the word truth there is amen. In the Hebrew, it's amen. And Brother Gonna says, he is the God of the amen. He never changes. What he does never changes. He says it and it stands fast. He does it and it's done forever. None can take from what he says or add to it. What he says is final. Final means there's no alteration to it. You cannot add to it and you cannot remove from it. And he says, So let it be. Amen. So let it be. Aren't you glad that you share that kind of a God? Aren't you glad tonight that you serve the God of the amen? amen? Aren't you glad that you serve Jesus Christ, the amen of God? Amen. Because you can rest your faith upon His every word. Because it's final. Right. He says, you can know exactly where you are with Him at any time. God doesn't play games. He is the amen and God won't change. This thing said the amen, he says, I like that. It means that whatever he said is final. It means that whatever he said to the first age and to the second age and to all the ages about his own true church and about the false finding is exactly right and it won't change. It also means that what he started out with in Genesis, yeah. he will finish in Revelation. Yeah. He, has for, he has to, for he is the amen. So let it be. Right. Everything that God has promised in Genesis, he fulfills in Revelation. In other words, every word of God that's been spoken in seed form, He'll bring it to pass. Amen. Right? Because Revelation is the manifestation. So what God has sown in Genesis, what He has spoken in seed form, He's letting us know in this age, I'll bring it to pass. Amen. Now the Bible in Revelation chapter 22, ends the very last verse of the Bible, and the very last word of the Bible, as a matter of fact, is Amen. If you read Revelation 22, verse 20, He which testifies these things, say, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Verse 21, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And that's how the Bible ends. God punctuates His word. The last verse. The last word of the Bible. The last book. The last chapter. The last line. The last word. Amen. God wants you to know So let it be. Everything that he said, it will be. Let it be. Amen. So be it. Everything that was spoken in this word, so be it. From Genesis 1.1 to Revelation 22.21, so be it. From later beginning God created, from that very first verse to the last verse of the Bible, even so come. Let the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The Bible ends with amen. And God punctuates his word. By saying amen to it. Amen. Right. Now, the word amen appears in many places in the scripture, and let's go through through some of them here. I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go through all of them for the sake of time. First Chronicles 16:36, Blessed be the Lord, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen, amen. and praise the Lord. So this word appears in many forms in the Bible. In Isaiah 65, as read, it appears as the word truth, the God of truth, which is the God of amen. It also appears when Jesus says, verily, verily, that means truly, truly, and it also means amen, amen. So whenever Jesus in the scripture was saying, verily, verily, what he's saying, amen, amen. He's saying that the words that I'm speaking now will come to pass. The words that I'm speaking are true. For I am the amen of God. Amen, amen, verily, verily, I say unto you. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 6, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands, and bowed their heads, and worship the Lord with their faces to the ground. Psalms 41, 13, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting unto everlasting, Amen, and Amen. Psalms 72, verse 19, And blessed be His glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with His glory, Amen, and Amen. Psalms 89, 52, blessed be the Lord forevermore, amen and amen. John 21, 25, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the whole, the world itself could not contain the books that should be written, amen. Romans eleven thirty-six, 36, for of him and through him and to him are all things, to him be glory forever, amen. Romans 15, 33, now the God of peace be with you all, Amen. First John 5 21, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. amen. Revelation 1:7, behold, he cometh with cloud, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierce him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. Revelation 1:18. I am he that liveth, I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Now the prophet says, And I believe, when we believe God. Every time God says anything, we punctuate it with, amen. That's right. Whatever God said. He said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody will say, well, in a way, uh uh-uh. Amen. If He said, repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost, amen. See? If He said, the judge shall live by faith, amen. And He said, I will come again, amen. And He said, you are the bride of Jesus Christ, Amen. And He said, by my straps, you are healed. Amen. Amen. I'm the God that gives you peace. Amen. Receive you, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Everything that the Holy Ghost speaks, the Holy Ghost in us will punctuate it with an amen. Because it's the Holy Ghost agreeing with His own word. It's not about saying amen because you want to say amen. It's the right thing to say in the service. It's when the Holy Ghost punctuates that word in your soul, bearing witness of the word He's saying is true to you. That's when God speaks to you personally. Amen. Right? It's not about the motion, going through the motions of saying amen in the service, but it's about the Holy Spirit punctuating His own word amen. as it comes across the pulpit. And as the word is being ministered every service, and as it is ministered tonight, there will be a statement that is said, there will be a scripture read, there will be a quote read, and something in you will say amen. 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 And that is the Holy Ghost personalizing that word to you, bearing witness of that word personally to you. He says, let's go back to Calvary and get the real stock of the Holy Ghost in us. Then you know where you stand. You know who your father is. And every time then the Bible says anything, you punctuate it with amen. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, to them forever. The old donkey might say, I don't know about that, but the real genuine pedigree says Amen. You get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you believe in God's power. You believe every word, God says, and you punctuate it with a? To everything God says. Another quote. And a good thoroughbred Christian knows where the storehouse of God is. They know that they are born of God. The word is made flesh in them. And every word that God says, they don't differ with it. They say it's right. Amen and amen. They punctuate it with an amen every time. Amen, amen, amen. Something in them punctuates it. Himself. Something in them, something in you, punctuates the word. And what is that something? He says, himself. The word himself punctuates the word in you. The word in you Agrees with the word that's coming across the pulpit. It's the Holy Spirit bearing witness to his own word and testifying, I'm the amen of God, and I'm saying amen to what is being ministered. I'm acknowledging that to be true, and I will bring that to pass. Amen. That's what happens when your soul cries amen. If you're saying no, whatever you're speaking, I agree with your word, and the Holy Ghost in means bear witness that you will bring it to come to pass in my life. Amen. You don't say amen to every statement, do you? We don't. We say amen to what God makes real to us in the service because that is the word He's about to bring to pass in your life. So listen carefully to the word being ministered tonight. When something in you wells up and says amen, it's the Holy Ghost bearing witness that he will bring it to pass in your life. Amen. amen. Jesus is the amen of God. Now, the first occurrence of this word, amen, in the Hebrew, it's amen, in the Greek, which we read in the New Testament, in the Greek, it's amen, which was said at the end of a statement of a prayer, as we read in the New Testament, blessed be the Lord our God, amen, may peace and peace and grace be unto you, amen, so amen was said at the end of a statement, and I love this statement here, it says, making it personal, and making this petition or prayer their own. So the person who's ministering or saying a prayer, when you say amen to it, in the Greek here, it means that you're, you're making that plea or that petition your own. Amen. As though you were the one saying it. Say, so I'm making this my own. By agreeing with it, I'm saying amen to it. Let those words which you speak become my own. Amen. Now, in Numbers chapter 5, let's turn to that scripture. This is the first occurrence of this word in the Bible. Now, Brother Murphy, I believe last year, spoke on this chapter. And I strongly recommend you go back and listen to that service. I didn't listen to it because I was going to be preaching on the same chapter. And I didn't want to go in a different direction. But I remember it vividly. It was a spirit of jealousy. Brother Murphy, you remember that. Go back and listen to that service. It will do you good. We'll go a different way tonight. But this is the first time in the Bible where we see this word. Numbers chapter 5, we can begin verse 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man's wife go aside and commit a trespass against him, and a man lie with her carnally, and he be hid from the eyes of the husband, and be kept close and she be defiled, and there be no witness against her, neither she be taken with the manner. And the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous of his wife, and she be defiled. Or if the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and she be jealous of his wife, but she be not defiled, then shall the man bring his wife unto the priest. And he shall bring her offering for her, the tenth part of a nephath of barley meal. He shall pour no oil upon it, nor put frankincense thereon, For it is an offering of jealousy, an offering of memorial, bringing iniquity to remembrance. And the priest shall bring her near and set her before the Lord. Now pay attention to starting from verse 17. And the priest shall take holy water in an earthen vessel. And of the dust that is in the floor of the tabernacle, the priest shall take and put it into the water. And the priest shall set the woman before the Lord and uncover the woman's head and put the offering of memorial in her hands, which is a jealousy offering and the priest shall shall have in his hand the bead of water that causeth causeth the curse. And the priest shall charge her by an oath and say unto the woman, If no man have lain with thee, and if thou thou, thou hast not gone aside to uncleanness with another instead of thy husband, be thou free from this bead of water that causeth the curse. But if thou hast gone aside to another instead of thy husband, and if thou be defiled, And some men have lain with thee beside thy husband. Then the priest shall charge the woman with an oath of cursing. And the priest shall say unto the woman, The Lord make thee a curse, and an oath among thy people, when the Lord doth make thy thigh to rot, and thy belly to swell. In other words, it was going to shatter a woman. And this water that causeth the curse shall go into thy bowels, to make thy belly to swell, and thy thigh to rot. And the woman shall say, Amen, Amen. And then the priest shall write these curses in the book. Now this is interesting. And the priest shall write these curses in the book, and then he shall brought them out with the bitter water. And then he shall cause the woman to drink the bitter water that causeth the curse. And the water that causeth the curse shall enter into her and become bitter. And when the priest shall take the jealousy offering of the woman's hand, and shall weigh the offering before the Lord and offer it upon the altar... And the priest shall take a handful of the offering, even the memorial thereof, and burn it upon the altar, and afterward shall cause the woman to drink the water. And when he had made her to drink the water, then it shall come to pass that if she be defiled and have done trespass against her husband, the water shall cause the curse, shall enter into her and become bitter, and her belly shall swell, and her thigh shall rot, and the woman shall be a curse among the people. And if the woman be not defiled, but be clean, then it shall be free and shall conceive seed. It's a lengthy reading. But this is the first mention of this word, amen and amen, in a double uh, occurrence here, amen and amen. If a woman was guilty of adultery, or the husband suspected that she was guilty of adultery, and this is the the offering of the the, the spirit of jealousy here, and if the spirit of jealousy came upon him, he would bring the woman to, to the priest, and God gave Moses the ordinance on how to deal with these issues. Now, two things will happen here. If she was guilty, the curse that the priest has spoken will materialize in her life. If she was innocent, she will go away free and be vindicated that she was innocent of the sin. But how does this come to play here? Is that the priest will take dust off the floor of the tabernacle, mix it with some holy water, some water, and then make her drink the water. But before he makes her drink the water, he will write these words in the book. And then when he writes the words in the book, he now blots the words. So he takes the water and he wipes the ink off of the book. And now the ink and the water is mixed and he makes her drink it. In other words, he makes her drink the words which he has written in the book. And once he drinks those words, God says she has to say amen and amen. And then if you look at the scripture, there's nothing in this ordinance that can actually close a woman's womb. If you drink water and dust, that's not going to close your womb. Right? But there's something else that takes place after this ordinance is met. Because God is the one who spoke these words, He causes this word to produce in that woman what He said He was going to produce. Water and dust on its own doesn't produce anything. But because God is the one who spoke those words, when the woman receives this or performs the acts that God ordained, and she says, amen, 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 so be it. If she was guilty, the things that the priest had spoken will happen to her. But if she wasn't guilty, nothing will happen to her. Right? So that's, that's in a negative. That's about a curse. But let's turn this around in the positive. The woman is standing before a priest, before a preacher, before a minister. She's standing in the church, in the tabernacle. And he is not pronouncing the words of God. Upon her, and she is required to say, Amen, Amen. And she must eat the word that was written in the book. And once she eats the word that was eaten in the book, it's that word that she eats that's going to bring a change in her body. It's the word that she's eating from that curse that's going to cause her belly to swell, that's going to cause her thigh to to rot. What's going to bring about a change in her body is the words that the priest has spoken. And the words that he spoke are written in the book. And when he gets her to eat the words that are in the book, those words perform a change in her life. But for that change to come about in her life, she says, amen. Amen. So she might eat the words of the scroll or the words that are in the book. And in the New Testament, this is the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we found a very similar instance. Now in the positive. There is another woman. But she's a virgin. She stands before Gabriel, a messenger. And he's going to speak words unto her. And she's going to say, Be it unto me according to your word. In other words, she's going to say, Amen, Amen. And once she says, Amen, so be it. In other words, when she says, when she says amen, amen, what she's actually saying, let the things that you have declared happen to me. Amen. This is what that woman in Numbers chapter 5 was required to say. If I'm guilty of the words, if I'm guilty of what my husband is accusing me of, then let the things that you've spoken, let them happen. Let my belly swell. Let my thigh rot. Let those things happen to me. Amen. So be it. Let the words of the priest materialize in my life. Let those things that you've spoken happen. Let those things that you've declared take place in my life. If I'm guilty, then let my tie rot. But if I'm innocent, then none of these things happen that I may be justified. So be it. I'm not running away from it. I'm not escaping it. I'm not fighting it. So be it. That's the attitude that God required in Numbers chapter 5. And that's the attitude of Mary. So be it. Let the things which you're speaking, let the words that are coming out of your mouth, let there be a power that's going to make them happen. So be it. I'm not fighting it. Behold, I'm the Lord's handmaid. Be it unto me according to your word. If this word is of God, let the words of Gabriel happen to me. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to escape it. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I want this word to capture me. I want to be captured by the power of your words. Let those things that you have spoken run after me. Let those things that you have spoken cause me to become subject to the things that you have spoken. That's the attitude of the believing heart. Amen, so be it. I'm not fighting your word. I'm not trying to run away from it. I'm not trying to reason with it. I'm not trying to debate it. So be it. If you're saying that you're my healer, so be it. Let those words that you're declaring happen to me. I'm not escaping it. I'm saying amen to it. So be it. I don't understand it. I have no idea how it's going to come to pass. But here I am before the priest. Let your words come to pass. I ain't finding it, Lord. I'm not reasoning against your word. So be it. If I'm guilty, let those words come to pass. Let the power of your word bring a change in my life. now, Mary didn't know how these things were going to come to pass. But now we're given a clue in the scripture. The New Testament says, how will this thing be? The Holy Ghost shall overshadow you. Now we understand that the words that were spoken by a messenger, Gabriel, couldn't be materialized without the dynamics. Without the Holy Ghost coming and making those words come to pass. So now this gives us a good idea of Numbers chapter 5. Because like I said earlier on, drinking water with dust doesn't cause your belly to swell, or your thigh to rot, or your womb to shut. It doesn't do it. So what that informs us is that when the priest spoke those words, because those words were not the thought of a man, and they are the thought of God, the Holy Ghost, there was a power that followed those words, that caused those words to produce the result of the word. It wasn't the water or the dust. It wasn't the ink of the curse written in the book. It wasn't those things that caused your belly to swell. Or a thigh to rock, it was that God punctuated His word with an amen. It was the Holy Ghost took the word that was spoken by a priest and made them to become material, into a into a into a physical re- reflection of what God spoke. So there was a tangible result in her body. There was a body change brought about by the words that were spoken of God. What happened to Mary? There was a body change. She was a virgin and she became pregnant the words of Gabriel which are the words of Isaiah which are the thoughts of God were spoken to her and her attitude was so be it and the Holy Ghost went after that word and brought a change in her body yeah. do you believe in the body change yeah. how are you gonna get a body change It's what a messenger in your day speak the thoughts of God the words of God before the foundation of the world what those things that God thought about you when that messenger began to proclaim his message not one he started his ministry. But when he begins to proclaim his message, he begins to declare the thoughts of God concerning you. And if your attitude is so big, the Holy Ghost goes after that word and brings a change in your body. What's going to change your body one of these days? It's this message that you're feeding on. If you eat the words of the book, the priest has written it in the book and it's made you to eat the words. John, Go to the angel and take the book. Eat the book, John. And if you eat the book, the words that are written in the book will go in your belly, will go in your body, will go in your soul, and the Holy Ghost will bring about a change. Because you said, so be it. Amen. So be it. It's not up to you. It's up to the one who spoke it. Your attitude is not to try to make it happen. Your attitude is to be as vulnerable as one can be. And say, here I am, do what you want. That's Mary's attitude. I am the handsman of the Lord. Be it unto me. I'm not gonna try to influence this. I'm not gonna try to make it happen. I'm not gonna try to do anything about it. I'm as vulnerable as I can be before your words. Let them happen to me. Let your word have preeminence over me. Let your word reign supreme over me. Let my body come to subjection to the words that you're speaking. So be it, Amen. if somebody tonight can only realize what this word is, Amen. and who spoke these words, Amen. and if the attitude of your soul is so be it, Amen. there wouldn't be a feeble one among us tonight. Amen. Anybody who's sick can get healed tonight, because all you can tell the Lord is so be it. Amen. So be it, Lord, Amen. so be it, Lord. Amen. If your words are true, and you say that you're my healer, Amen. let those words which were spoken, Amen. let them happen to me. Let my life begin to testify that those words are true. So be it. You said you're my deliverer and I've been bound by chains for years and years and years. But if your word is true, so be it. Let your word come into my life and break the chains as your word says. be it unto me. Amen. So be it. Let your words become flesh. Yeah. Now, in Jeremiah 28, let's turn to that quickly. I about 20 minutes. I am not even following my notes here. There's something that, that spoke to me when I was to pray for this. Don't worry about your notes. This is not about mechanics. This is about the power of God. Jeremiah 28. And it came to pass the same year in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, the king of Judah. In the fourth year, that's verse 1. And in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet, which was of Gibeon, spake unto me in the house of the Lord. Again, we're back in the tabernacle. In the house of the Lord, in the presence of the ministers, the priests, and of all the people, the congregation, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years will I break again into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Joachim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah that went into Babylon, save the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon." And when the prophet Jeremiah, then the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah, in the presence of the priests and in the presence of all the people, that stood in the house of God, even the prophet Jeremiah said, "Amen. The Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words which thou hast prophesied, and bring again the vessel of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon into this place. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I speak in thy ears." and in the ears of the people. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms and of war and of evil and of pestilence. He's saying all the prophets that came before you and before me prophesied on judgment. But the prophet which is going to prophesy peace, which you are prophesying of peace now, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord truly sent him. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke from off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and broke it. And Hananiah spake in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon from the neck of all the nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah won his way. Jeremiah didn't fuss. Jeremiah didn't argue. Hananiah comes and prophesies it's something contrary to what the prophet said. Jeremiah said, Amen. So be it. Let the Lord perform the words that you've spoken. Because if what you're saying is the word of God, let it come to pass. My attitude as a believer is amen. So be it. You said God is speaking. So be it. Let us see God perform the words that you've spoken. And Jeremiah won his way. No fasting, No arguing. Now, then the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. After Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah saying, Go tell Hananiah. Saying, that saith the Lord. Now Hananiah said, that saith the Lord. Now Jeremiah comes and says, that, that saith the Lord. Thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. I have put a yoke on iron upon the neck of all these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And they shall serve him, and, and I have given him the beast of the field also. Then say the prophet Jeremiah and Hananiah to the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord, have not sent thee, but thou makest these people to trust in the lie. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee from off the face of the earth. This year thou shalt die, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. Verse 17. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year. Why is the scripture ending that way? To let you know that what Jeremiah said was of God. What Hananiah said wasn't of God. Jeremiah didn't fight it. He didn't argue it. He said, so be it. Let the Lord perform what you say, because Jeremiah, as a prophet, knows that the one characteristic of God is that everything He says come to pass. So, if a prophet feels anointed of God and He's speaking on behalf of God, so be it. Let it happen. Amen. Let the Lord perform what you said. But when God came and spoke to, to Jeremiah and said, "Thus the Lord, you shall die," the Scripture ends. Hananiah died. So, who did God speak to? The Amen of God has a final say. Now, this is very important because in Numbers, I think in Deuteronomy, rather, chapter 18, I believe, verse 21 to 22, God tells the children of Israel, this is how you shall know whether I've sent a prophet or not. If the things that he speaks come to pass, I'm with him. But if what he says doesn't come to pass, the scripture says, don't be alarmed. Don't worry about it. Jeremiah knows that. He wasn't worried about it. He wasn't alarmed by it. If you're a son of God, the words that you speak will come to pass. Now Jeremiah's attitude was not to argue or dispute the prophecy. But he said, Amen, Amen. Glory. So eventually none of the things that Hananiah prophesied came to pass. But what Jeremiah said happened. Now as horrible as it is to speak a lie in the name of God. Which is what Hananiah did. He said, Thou said the Lord and it was a lie. And it causes the people to believe in a lie. As horrible that is, it is equally horrible to take God's truth for a lie. It's one thing to speak a lie in the name of God. And it's another thing to take the truth of the word of God for a lie. In other words, doubting what God has said, you're making God a liar. Right, but I'm going to go on and say this. Then the Israelites once settled there, and what if they get to studying while well, I'm not worthy He's talking about when they were in Goshen and had to apply the blood. You don't have to do nothing. The only thing is to come under the shed blood that settles it. Once under the blood, you're safe. What if the deaf angel with his sword in his hand sweeping the land? You didn't have to wander. And to be scared was an insult to Jehovah. If a man once under the blood feels afraid that God won't keep his word, it's an insult to him. And you say, Jehovah, perhaps this is your word. But I don't know whether it's right or not. I Think about what the prophet of God is saying. When you, under the blood, you cannot take God at his word. It's an insult to Jehovah. When you're looking at your circumstances, and you're weighing them against the promises of God, and your circumstances weigh more than the promises of God, it's an insult to Jehovah. Because you are doubting that he's able to keep his word. You're taking the truth of God's word for a lie. Because if you doubt it, you're saying you don't believe that he's able to bring it to pass. Therefore, you don't believe that he can't keep his word. You make him a liar. The characteristic of God's word is that the things that he has declared must come to pass. And if it doesn't come to pass, it wasn't his word. That's how you know it's the word of God if it comes to pass. Now, God wouldn't allow a man to speak a lie in his name because that does great damages to his reputation. You say his reputation. But Brother Adam talks about this for, for the sake of time. I'm not going to go through in details. But he says that they wanted to build a bridge in Sydney, Australia. And they wanted to find a great builder. They wanted the best builder. And they decided to build this bridge across the Great shirt of Water. And they, it came down to a renowned contractor who had a reputation behind him that he could do it. It was expensive, but the people didn't care because they wanted something of quality. And Brother says, and I think every Christian ought to take the same attitude. That's right. We want to know where we're standing. We don't want our eternal destination built upon the shifting sands of some church theology, but on the eternal word of the living God. Because remember, every one of you sitting here tonight, stormy times is going to hit that building that you're sitting in tonight. That's right. Death is going to strike it. And you better know what kind of sand it's built upon or what kind of foundation it has. God building the foundation would put nothing else but the best that there is. Because God is thoughtful of his reputation. Think about that statement. God is thoughtful. God cares about his reputation. God cares about what people think about him. So the reason why God gave that law to the children of Israel put him to death. If somebody comes to say Thou save the Lord and it's not me, kill him. Because they're damaging my reputation. It's going to come to pass that when somebody says Thou save the Lord, the people won't believe it. Because you'll think that God is not able to keep his word. So let it be known that I keep my word. I take my reputation seriously. If anybody dares to speak in my name a lie, kill him. God takes his reputation seriously. Now, in Numbers chapter 14, when the people rebelled against Moses, Moses and Aaron fell before the tabernacle of the Lord and prayed and pleaded for the people. And God comes to Moses and says says unto Moses, How long will these people provoke me? And how long will it be until they believe me? For all the signs which I have shown among them. I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit dis- 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 them and will make thee a great nation and mightier than they. And Moses said unto the Lord, I listen, the Egyptians shall hear it. For thou broughtest up these people in thy might from among them. The Egyptians saw your power. They saw how you deliver these people. If you kill them in the wilderness, they will hear about it. And they will tell it to all the inhabitants of the land. That they have heard that thou, Lord, are among his people. That, Lord, you have been seen face to face. And that cloud standeth over them. And thou goest before them by day in the pillar of cloud. And in the pillar of night by night. Now if thou shalt kill all these people as one man. Then the nations which have heard the fame. Your reputation. Which have heard the fame of them will speak, saying. Because the Lord was not able. To bring his people into the land which is swear unto them. Therefore, he has slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is suffering, long suffering, and great, uh, and of great mercy. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of your people. And the Lord said, I have pardon according to thy word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. I love this, this dialogue between God and Moses. Moses speaks before God and says, Lord, I understand you're angry. I understand you're frustrated. But be mindful of your reputation. Nations have heard of what you're able to do. They've seen your mighty hand in Egypt. They've heard that there's a pillar of fire in midst. They've heard that there's a pillar of fire in midst. And if you kill your people in the wilderness, they will say, oh, their God was only able to take them this far. He couldn't take them all the way. And all the nations will start talking about it. In other words, this will be your new reputation. That you are a God who can only go halfway. That you cannot keep your word. God said, oh, hold on. I will forgive them. But as long as I live, all the earth shall be filled with my glory. In other words, I will not let any word that I speak fall to the ground. I will not let my reputation suffer any damages. Regardless of the unbelief. Fine, I will forgive them. Because my word is more important to me than the unbelief. My integrity is more important to me than putting up with the unbelief. I'll keep my word for the sake of my own reputation. Oh, may somebody intercede tonight like Moses and say, Lord, if you don't heal me, the people that have testified at work saying that God is a healer, they will hear about this. They will hear about how you heal that person and that person, but they'll say, you're not able to heal me. Is this what you want your reputation to be, Lord? That you cannot heal my sickness? God says, wait a minute, I will heal you. I will heal you, because as long as I live, all the earth shall know my glory. My words will come to pass. My reputation will not suffer. In Israel, the ark of God had a reputation. As soon as the people of Israel brought the ark back, all the nations around them feared God. Because they knew that the ark in their midst meant that they were invisible. They knew the power of the ark, the power of God in their midst. Why? Because it took God years and years of building up a reputation. What do you think throughout the church, throughout all the Old Testament, when God said a the prophet, they say, That's the Lord. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. That's the, that the Lord. God is making it crystal clear. This is, this is me speaking. And everything He speaks comes to pass. Everything He speaks comes to pass. And He starts to build a reputation. That everything that God speaks will happen. And the people start building up confidence in the word of God. Because they know that God is able to keep it. God is doing all of that to help your faith. To help you believe. Because if He can only get you to believe. What did the angel of the Lord say to Brother Branham? If you can get the people to believe. The issue is not the word. It's all powerful. It's omnipotent. The issue is our faith. God sent a prophet with a gift to help them believe. God put gifts in the church to help you believe. God put ministers in the pulpit to help you believe so that you can get your faith right on the word of God that all things are possible to you if you can believe. What am I doing tonight? i preaching the word, helping you believe. There's a sister who came in the prayer line. brother, one of us was praying for a brother and another brother. And a sister came. He says, You don't have to be nervous. He's okay. He's a nervous spirit. And it's all over the congregation. How many have a nervous spirit? People raise their hand. I said, I'm just trying to tell you that God is here. He knows all about you. And I believe you're going to be healed. As they say, they say frankly, I don't have to pray for you because you're not healed. What happened? He said, that shadow has left you. He didn't lay hands on her. He didn't pray for her. He was speaking to her, but he got her faith. He helped her faith. And once her faith reached that level that it met the requirements of God, that spirit left on its own. If there's somebody battling in his spirit tonight, I say, let your faith rise up. And let your heart declare, Lord, be it unto me. According to the words that you're speaking. And as sure as God is God. I don't have to lay hands on you. I don't have to cast that demon out from you. It will live on its own. Because you meet the requirements of God. How many have, I'm fully going just on inspiration now. Forget about my notes. How many have ever filled a form on a webpage? Where it says, put your first name, put your last name, put your email address and then click next. But you cannot click next until you fill all the form. How many know what I'm talking about? Right? You can't click. You try to click, it's disabled. And they want you to fill all the requirements. So you go ahead and you put your name, you put your last name, you put your phone number, you put your email, and all of a sudden, that button you couldn't click on before, is not activated. You cannot click on it. It's not accessible to you. Why? Because you met requirements. It's not up to you to choose whether you want to leave the page or you want to go next. That option wasn't there before. You couldn't do anything before. But when the requirements are met, it's not up to you to choose, do I want to go on or do I want to leave this webpage? There's the promises of God and the power of God that's to lose to the church, but that's not accessible to you until you meet the requirements. What are the requirements? Faith. When you come to a point where you met the requirements by believing in the Word of God, it's not accessible to you. In other words, it's up to you what you want to do. You can stay in a wheelchair, or you can get up and walk. Right. You can stay blind, or you can get up and see. You can keep that arthritis in your body, or you can stretch your hand and be whole. Amen. It's up to you, because once you've met the requirements of God, the power is loose unto you. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 4, Here I have spoken it, I will bring it to pass. Jeremiah 4.28, because I have spoken it, I purpose it, I will not repent, I will not turn my back on it. Ezekiel 5.13, they shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it. Ezekiel 5.15, I, the Lord, have spoken it. Ezekiel 17.24, I, the Lord, have spoken it and I have done it. Many places in the scriptures, I, the Lord, have spoken it, I have done it, I have spoken it. God wants you to know. He's the one doing the speaking. And if he's the one doing the speaking, he will bring it to pass. I'm going to close with this. So we talked about, Man says, if you can only settle in your mind what this is. And who spoke this? And we spoke about who spoke this. The amen of God. He's the one who spoke this. Let's talk about what this is. What this word is. When Moses goes down into Egypt, he goes speaking things into existence. Right? The plagues, He calls the flies and all the different things that happen in Egypt. The prophet of God, I don't know whether Moses realized it or not at the time that what was actually happening was creative power. But the prophet of God in this age tells us that creative power came out of his mouth. He says, if he didn't speak the word into existence, where did he get the material to make it out? Where did it come from? Sure he did. He spoke it in existence because it's the word of God. The very dirt and things that you're setting on today is the creative word of God. The word of God is creative power. So when Moses comes out of Egypt and God begins to deal with him to write the five books of the Bible, Genesis to Deuteronomy, and God gives him a front row seat at the account of creation. We know he's a prophet and now Moses starts to see how God from the words, the heavens and the earth. And this, this is what blessed me, this is pretty powerful to me to, to see this. Because when God appears to Moses in the pillar of fire in Exodus chapter 3, Moses doesn't know much of his God, outside of what he heard from his parents. As Brother Tom said on Sunday, he only had some knowledge of it, but he didn't know him. But he knew Egyptian's God, right? Because he was raised pagan. So when God appears to Moses, Moses is having an encounter with God and is starting to realize, oh, this is the God that I heard about. And he's, in the, he's the pillar of fire. He said, this is the God that we heard about. He's the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. His name is I am. Moses began to be acquainted with this God. And as God uses Moses to deliver the people, God is unfolding more of himself to Moses and to the people. So when Moses spoke those flies and they came, Moses is like, wow, this God is powerful. Wow, he can bring flies like that. Moses threw his, his rod and turned into a snake. Wow, this God is powerful. These are the things that he's able to do. Moses struck the water and it turned into blood. Wow. And Moses is starting to experience the power of God. Now God tells Moses, come, I'm going to show you creation. Now, Moses starts to write in the beginning. God said, let there be light and the was. Moses is watching God's creative power at work. Now, this God that was mysterious is now revealing something special to Moses. my! He's now revealing to Moses the secret of my power is in my word by catching it catch it he's not revealing to Moses I'm an all powerful God you've seen me do these things in Egypt you saw what I'm able to do but now let me show you I'm going to reveal to you where all my power lays it was a mystery to you before it was a mystery to the children of Israel before they only knew that I was a powerful God they knew that I was able to do this and that but now I'm going to show you how I'm able to do these things moses the power or the secret of my power is my word when i say something it comes to pass and moses is there watching he's like oh my that is the secret of his power the thing that makes this god unlike every other god is his word the thing that makes him above all the other gods is his word the reason why he's able to do this things is his word and then he says wait a minute that means that when I spoke in Egypt, it was his word. Oh my, I began to point out this for the team. To think of Moses coming to that realization. Wait a minute. When I spoke in Egypt, that means that was his word. The same creative word that created heaven and earth was the same words that he put in my mouth. And when I spoke the word, I spoke God's thoughts. He instructed me with the secret of his power. Woo! feel like shouting, but I don't even have voice left in me. The secret of his power is his word. If somebody can catch it tonight, like Samson, they knew what his power could do. He's able to kill his Philistines. sins. He's able to do that. He's able to carry a gate. Delight of Samson, tell me the secret of your power. See? They knew what Samson could do, but they didn't know what the secret was. And the secret of Samson was his hair. And Samson revealed it to the wrong person. And here God is revealing to Moses, what makes me almighty, God? What makes me all-powerful? What sets me aside from all the other gods? What puts me in a complete different category than all your idols of Egypt? It's my word. The secret of my power is in my word, Moses. Write it in the Bible. Say it in the beginning, God said. So that the people will know that my word is power. You may not grasp it, but there's one person who understands it really well. It's the devil. He knows all too well the power of God is in his word. Why do you think every church age he attacks the word? Because it's the source of power. That's why the prophet of God says that the Holy Ghost was bound throughout the church ages by creeds and dogmas. Right. Right. Right? Because the devil attacked the word. And by mixing the word with man's creeds and dogmas, he renders it of non-effect. In other words, he removes the power out of it. But God sent a prophet in these last days to restore the word to you. Why? Because in the restoration of the word is the restoration of power. You think this message is just doctrine? No, sir. You think this message is just baptizing, right? No, sir. You think this message is a dress code? A code of conduct? a compilation of scriptures and good testimonies? No. The message of the hour is the secret of God's power restored to the church. Which is the word? Which is the seven thunders? Which is the opening of the seals? Which is the sun at midnight? That's your body change. That's your rapture. That's your healing. That's your deliverance. It's the word. If I can only get you to believe in the word, there'll be everybody here healed tonight. And because what I'm saying is the Word of God, let him perform the things that I speak. Let somebody go back home, completely delivered to testify that the word is true. This Egyptian that you'll see, you' will see them no more. Let somebody go home with a new fire in the body. because the word is true. Let unbelief leave the people tonight. That demon of unbelief. I come against thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Lose the people. Let the people believe. Believe. The secret of his power is in his word. It's not in songs. It's not in music. It's not in emotions. It's not in man-made dogmas. It's in his word. What's going to restore your family? The word. What's going to change your body? The word. What's going to forgive your sins? The word. What's going to set you free? The word. What are we exalting tonight? The word. What has God exalted above all things? His word. He's the amen of God. So be it. Oh Lord, I wish I had more strength in me tonight. It's the word. Somebody believe it tonight. How many believe it tonight? E.P.A., do you believe it tonight? If you can only realize who spoke this word. And that this word is creating power. You can go back home completely whole. You can open the pages of your Bible tonight and read them. If You can only see who spoke these words. Hallelujah. Anybody here with chance of depression, you can go home free tonight. Because of the word. The secret of his power is his word. Anybody wanting something of God tonight? Sandy, I don't know where you are. Somebody wanting a family? The secret of the power is in the word. You want your family restored? The secret of God's power is in the word. It's the word that does it. If you can only settle it in your mind, oh God, help me tonight. If I have a gift like the prophet, I'll call you up here and I'll begin to tell you things about yourself. Perhaps I will help your faith a little bit. But take me and my word tonight. Because I'm not speaking my own words, I'm speaking the thoughts of God. If you can believe in this, If you don't believe in this, you wouldn't believe the prophet was here. Because Brother Barnum says that the word of God is the primary way of God speaking. Gifts are secondary. Speaking in tongues, prophecy, vision, they're secondary. Primarily, God speaks through his word. God won't give you a substitute because the word is the best he can give you. Lay a hold of the word of God tonight and rest upon the word. He's created power, it's a secret of God's power. Say amen to the word. Yeah. Feel on it. Be it unto me, Lord. Be it unto me, Lord. Let the words that you spoke spoken happen to me. Let them happen to me. You say you're going to change my body? Let it happen to me. You say you can clean me and make me whole? Let it happen to me. Two blind men came to Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on us, Jesus, son of David. Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? That's a good question to ask you tonight. Do you believe you can do this? Your are praying, Lord, save my children. Do you believe you can do this? Lord, heal me. Do you believe you can do this? Lord, change me. Do you believe you can do this? Lord, deliver me. Do you believe you can do this? They say we believe. And Jesus said, according to thy faith, being unto you. In other words, Jesus said, amen, amen. If you believe I can, then God says, amen. amen. Do you believe he can heal you? Then God says, amen. Amen, Woo. amen to the word. Yeah. Don't reason. Yeah. Don't debate. That's don't true. argue. Yeah. Don't try to figure out. Amen, amen to the word. Yeah. Yeah. The self finished woman came to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me. Remember my day, Jesus said, it's not me to give the children's bread to dogs. I don't have the time to go into that quote. But brother, I want to say she accepted what the Word said of her. In other words, she said, Amen. Amen. Jesus said, it's not me to give the children's bread to dogs. She said, I am your dog, so be it. And because she said the Word called me a dog, therefore, I'm going to have the faith of a dog. Give me the crumbs. So be it. I'm a dog, so be it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, sense of God, the angel of the Lord in this room tonight, because God always backs up His word. Yes. The reason why you're charging your soul is the Father bearing witness yes. to your soul that the word is true, yes. and He'll bring it to pass in your life. Amen. The same God I spoke to, William and I said, You touch their hands, that'll be the first pool. If you're sincere, you're able to discern the thoughts, that'll be your second pool. It will come to pass, then the opening of what will happen, that'll be your third pool. Did it come to pass? Yes. First pool happened. Second pull happened. Third pull happened. God keeps His word. He wanted you to know I'm with that prophet. I'm with that messenger. You pay attention to the things He says because I'm going to back it up. Your rapturing faith lays in the message of the hour. Don't look at anything else than that. Don't add to it. Don't remove from it. Say Amen. amen. Ryan, uh, Angelica, Brother Michael. If you can get ready for this song now, it's about time now. Yeah. Say amen. Yeah. Say amen to the word. Yeah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. Oh, I feel such a liberty tonight. Yeah. I feel like all things are possible tonight. Yeah. I feel like sicknesses can leave the people tonight. I feel like chains can be broken tonight. I feel like you can go free tonight because of the word. Yeah. Be it unto me, Lord. Be unto me, Lord. Amen. It's fine, you don't have to stand to your feet, it's fine. You can be in your seat. As long as your attitude in your heart is wow. amen. amen. So be it. Amen. It's not as much about what you say with your mouth. It's about the attitude of your soul towards the Word of God. So be it, Lord. Gabe, he's your healer, isn't he? He heals your shoulder. So be it. Lord, let the words that are being spoken, let the power follow your word. And go into my shoulder and make it whole. So be it. Who has a need tonight? Who has a need tonight? Sister Chantal, you have a need tonight? Whatever it is, if your attitude is so be it, let it be unto you. So be it. You can save my children, Lord. Let creative power follow the words of God and let God begin to create circumstances. I want Lincoln to bring it to your feet. Leah, so be it. So be it. I can do the impossible. Hallelujah. Please put the words on the screen. Hallelujah. This song came to my heart on Sunday morning as Brighton was closing as I began to point on these words. Saints, I've not been able to leave this up for two months. Every time I went to prayer, it kept coming back. I tried to pray about something else, it kept coming back. And I found myself saying to the Lord in prayer over and over again. Let the words that you speak happen. Let them happen to me. I'm at the mercy of thy word. I fight not against your word. I don't run away from it. Let your word happen to me. Let's worship together tonight. Hallelujah.
0: by faith, there'll always be the mountains and valleys in our way, but right here in this moment, may our strength be renewed, as we recall what God has
3: done and how we've seen Him move. i
2: Brother Tom, I know 12 years ago when I sat there when dead sits. I know when God met me, say amen. I know the change he broke up in my life, amen. I know what he's promised to me, amen. I'm gonna get personal now. A couple of years ago, about six, seven years ago, Brother Tom was preaching a service and God began to deal with me about certain things that he's spoken to me. And I wasn't sure where those things would come to pass because of choices I made in my life. And I came here by everybody left and I prayed at this altar. And I said, Lord, I failed you miserably, but these are the things you've spoken to me. Please, what will come? What will happen to those things that you've spoken about? Not that I didn't keep my end of the bargain. I went to my seat where you are. Michael, and I opened my Bible. It fell on Psalms 89, I believe. And it said, the words that have come out of my mouth I will not alter them my covenant with you will I keep I've held on to those words all these years because I know he met me here I know and he told me that the words that came out of his mouth he will not alter them because of what I did he will not change them because of my decision he said my covenant with you will I keep because I am God and I keep my word trust in him, trust in the word tonight, Amen. hallelujah, Amen. brother Michael, do you mind closing the word of prayer, I have strength left in me,
4: hallelujah Lord Jesus, Lord how can we close Lord at the moments like this where you brought your word forth Lord to where you brought your people to a place Lord where they can just claim Lord, Lord, it feels like even at this moment anything could happen. Lord, you don't bring, Lord, a word to your servant. You don't bring your people to this place. Lord, just to drop off and let us walk out a door. So, Lord, we want you to still stir and move here in this service, Lord. We're not going to, Lord, dismiss in prayer and just walk out a door. But, Lord, would you still move tonight? Lord, you've brought us to a place, Lord, somebody maybe just needs to sit and allow that word now to stir. Lord, to where maybe in their heart they're saying amen, but Lord, their mouth needs to now confess that you are indeed the amen in their situation, oh God. So Lord, tonight would you brood now? Would you continue to deal with the hearts of your people? Lord, we're not closing this service, but maybe you're just beginning to stir. Maybe you're just beginning to move. Oh God, may we have this sensitivity. Lord, if your spirit, Lord, within us not to disrupt, not to move away, but, Lord, just to start to enter in at this very moment when you're dealing with your people. Oh, God, maybe tonight would be one of those all-night prayer meeting type of nights when, Lord, you're moving in the midst of your people, and we can just be shut in with God in his secret place. Lord, whatever you're speaking, whatever you're dealing, whatever you're bringing somebody to a certain place, where, Lord, the answer that you've been speaking to them is now going to come to manifestation because their heart has screamed out, Amen, to the Word of God. So, Lord, we pray tonight you just move with us, Lord. Deal with Lord. If someone must leave, so be it. But, Lord, we stay in your presence tonight. As we say amen to the word of God, and now let it bring forth. May that creative power that Moses experienced by watching you by vision take the earth and start to form. May it form in the, in the bodies of your people, Oh God, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, go with your people. Lord, as we now just wade and brood in your presence, in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen.
2: I wish I knew what to do at this very moment maybe I could say something else I could help you but the quote that we read in the beginning I lie not when I say that I've not been able to escape from it it's the Holy Ghost was emphasizing to me that this was tonight what he wanted to tell the church if you can only settle in your mind what this word is and who spoke this word there's no reason why you should walk away the same I don't know about you but I just happen to believe the Prophet I believe what he says because I know it's not his word, it's the thoughts of God spoken through a man. It's immortal power coming through mortal lips. The same happened tonight. The thoughts of God creating power coming through mortal lips. If you can settle in your mind that the person that spoke to you is not your brother behind the pulpit, it's Almighty God. How dare you go back home the same? Let me challenge you. How dare you go back home the same? Take out his word tonight. There's no reason why you need to go back home with that same sickness. If you can only settle in your mind who spoke this word and what this word is. Amen. May the attitude of your soul be Amen. Amen. Be it unto me, Lord. Amen. Feel free to do as the Lord is as the Lord the Spirit leads you. God bless you.